<laughs> Could be a, some kind of trombone. Or he's kissing a bird head. Could be. Could be. Or he's kissing a bird head. He has like a really long bowl of marijuana. <laughs> it could be. So this is like kissing a bird uh, head, been, marijuana. Hey roaches, I'm Toddy Tondera, and welcome to my audio thrifting diary. I scour through secondhand items searching for vibrant vintage, useful unusuals, big budget bangers, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, and good garbage. Each week, we curate a thrift haul, dive into the details, and record an episode based on our findings. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? Welcome to another edition of Thrifty Secondhand Shopping for Worm People. And usually I would say that it is the uh, dog days of summer, but actually, more or less, it is the cat days of summer. Are you picking a cat hair off of that microphone? I'm realizing that there are quite is a few. A cat hair on the microphone, and to my right, Half cat, half lizard, DJ Lil is here. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, DJ Lil? I'm doing just swell in my natural habitat of uh, being in a uh, dim room mm-hmm. on a 93 degree day where it's just baking sun. Yeah, and, and we had discussed that because we got some snacks because as usual, mm-hmm. got no food in the house. Uh, you as- did have... An item of food. I had a cup we, of ramen in the house, but we went to the, the grocery store and uh, we got out of the car and said, uh, oh, great. A 93 degree uh, mm-hmm. day. Can't wait to be inside. Uh, yep. Beautiful outside. Uh, and let's avoid that. Right. So um, get the snacks, go inside and uh, get ready to, to record. Uh, so we're recording back to back this week as well. Now, for our first episode, it's something that I actually am looking forward to for sure because uh, a couple episodes ago, you were on and we were talking about um, some of our favorite bands, mm-hmm. some of our favorite concerts, and shared our, our favorite band t-shirts. Yeah. Our shared, our love of music. Our love of music continues on to this episode and this episode, we're going to be taking a look at uh, some of our favorite records. Uh, and we're going to be talking about first experiences, listening to the records, everything like that. So our curated thrift haul is going to be based on music again. Uh, listener finds pretty interesting. we got a cool pair of pants coming mm-hmm. up. And then for Act 2, our freestyle act today, DJ Lil is going to do what Lil does best, DJ Pick some tunes for your ears. So we have that coming up. And then, of course, our third act, Vintage versus Modern. And uh, all the points that we collect throughout the episode, there it comes down to one final question to see who is victorious. 
let's jump right into it. We're going into our first segment of the day. Something we've never seen before. Something you've never seen before. Something you've never seen at all. But it has always been at the core. Now, for new listeners to the show, this is where we present our curated thrift haul. And alongside our thrift haul, we ask each other thrifty trivia trivia questions based on our items that we have with us. And then they're A, B, C, D, multiple choice answers. And for every correct answer, you get a point. And those points that we collect in Act 1 and Act 3, we have the opportunity to put those on the line and see who comes out the victor. So I'm going to start off first. And when we get into uh, some of our favorite records, I want to bring uh, to the forefront a very sentimental piece. And as you hear on the intro, um, we are sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. And fortunately enough, Ozzy Osbourne, he's not forgotten. Oh, no. So we're going to be taking a look at Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz um, from Jets Records from 1980. This is actually a 1981 pressing. And believe it or not, DJ Lil, there was 145 different releases of Blizzard mm. of Oz. So I got to say, pretty impossible to figure out which release right. this is. <laughs> um, but on the front cover, it's Ozzy Osbourne. And uh, he's, he's uh, kind of like on sitting uh, very wickedly. Mm-hmm. And he has a cross and a cape and there's some smoke. But uh, my first experiences with, with Ozzy Osbourne, I could, um, 32, so the, the first time that as I, as I remember listening to Ozzy was in uh, 1991. Now the reason why I remember that specifically is that is the year that Ozzy Osbourne's No More Tears was released. Uh, and No More Tears... I remember um, being picked up uh, in my Uncle Tom's white Mustang convertible, oh. and he we would go driving around, and that was the cassette that we played, and then um, my mom was also a fan of Ozzy Osbourne, and one of my favorite Ozzy songs, maybe even my favorite Ozzy song, was called Mom, I'm Coming Home. And my mom and I used to sing that together when I was just a wee one. Aww. Um, so it, uh, it, funny thing about the uh, convertible, when you, when you think of like a white Mustang convertible, you're just like, whoa, that probably is. That turns heads. And yes, I'm playing an Ozzy Osbourne cassette tape full blast in it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it was actually uh, one of those. I mean, it was still a nice car, but it was one of those that was basically a tin can. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had uh, the canvas. Oh, the right. The canvas top. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a soft top. And the mechanics of it were wild because uh, from the outside, it looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But from the inside, inside the convertible itself, with the top up and I could understand why it's a convertible because it was like 200 degrees (laughs) because you would just be baking under a canvas 
top <laughs> and it smelled just like burning rubber right. and the, all the gears were in the back that like went up mm-hmm. and down on it um but in my family at the time um because that was my dad's brother's car that was like the nicest car in the family so when the family would go camping in Ligonier, PA, mm. which is, if you're not from Pennsylvania, Ligonier, PA is just where you go, and there's just an area where you could set up shop and just make a camp, and it's kind of like a weird little old town. And so we used to take the convertible to Ligonier because that was like our, like, right. cool time. Um, so we, we, used to, we used to do that up there. But um, so Ozzy Osbourne... Um, I'm sure you know at least of Aussie uh, listeners, but if you don't, he was an English uh, singer-songwriter. He had 21 different releases, including 12 solo albums, and he rose to prominence during the 70s as the lead vocalist for Black Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Which is how I mostly know Mm -hmm. Ozzy, besides the uh, biting the head off of the bat. Yeah. And we used to talk about biting the head off the bat as like this like cool thing, but in the year 2020, <laughs> oh, um, so what's going on um, may have started from right. eating it's a not bat. Not the bat's fault. <laughs> no, no. But uh, uh, during the time with Black Sabbath, um, that's when he he got the moniker, the Prince of Darkness, mm-hmm. and. I think you're probably more of a 70s music head than I am, I would assume. Maybe. Um, We'll see where this leads then, yes. (laughs) Yes. But I was more familiar, at least at that time, with just Ozzy Osbourne as Ozzy Osbourne. Mm -hmm. I actually heard Black Sabbath after. Interesting. Yeah, it was definitely the opposite. Well, that's why I was like, yeah, yeah, you probably know him for like... yeah, for him, for the cool Black mm-hmm. Sabbath Aussie. Um, but I had, yeah, No More Tears was actually the first Aussie album that I heard. And I loved it. And then obviously I dabbled and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But I was a kid, so it wasn't until years later that like I found more right. of that and everything like that. But um, he's technically still active as a vocalist. And he's been doing that since like 1967. And in 2020, the year of our Lord, he released an album, and it's his first in 10 years, and it's called Ordinary Man. So he's still making music in 2020. It's already released, or is it yeah. set to be? Oh. Yeah. So he, he got in before it got bad. Right. <laughs> so people had it during quarantine. <laughs> oh, so. if I had a, if I would have known, my quarantine would have been <laughs> much easier. You would have been no Aussie. ordinary man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so Blizzard of Oz is, is the record I have in front of me. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really hard to tell what pressing that this would be. And, but the reason why it's, uh, uh, sentimental to me is, uh, when my mom was younger, she bought this record and she kept it and my house was pretty much hoarded to bits growing up. But as years went by, when my sister and I god of age you know we cleaned and Mm -hmm. did stuff but we had there was a record collection that was kind of found but it was still kind of put away well my mom actually bought me a uh like a record player like a turntable oh nice and then she was like well you can pick a record you could like pick a record 
and I picked this one. Mm-hmm. And um, time frames would tell me that, uh, so my birthday's the day before Christmas, and so it was like a Christmas birthday present, and then unfortunately she passed away in a couple months oh. after that. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, I, I would, the, the, the turntable and this Aussie album, I would think would be the last uh, presents or anything it, I got um, from my mom, I, I believe. She if, sent you off with into the world with those. Yeah. And unfortunately, the record player was like uh, just a record player from Kohl's. So it didn't last more than like a year. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't like the sentimental yeah. piece anyway. So it wasn't like a big deal. But um, so now I have Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz mm-hmm. because uh, of my mom. Yeah, it's a great, uh, great cover on that. Mm-hmm. Um, super scary. It is, yeah. Um, and I found out, and this was just it's just as of uh, uh, yesterday when I was doing research, that Ozzy has uh, a, a, a kid named Lil, like you, DJ Lil. So many Lils. So many so Lils. Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz, and actually I, I just put it by my uh, cup of Donald Duck orange juice, so I'm going to oh, put yes. that over there. Are you tasting the magic? Mm-hmm. Mm, magic. So, so I, again, as we said, we went to the grocery store just to make it look like I was an adult. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Donald Duck orange juice, mm-hmm. two for six bucks. So we, we got some Donald Duck orange juice, but I'm going to hit you with your first thrifty first trivia, trivia question here. All right. So your first, this is for one point. And for folks at home listening for the first time, you're welcome to play along. This thrifty trivia trivia question is about Ozzy. Okay. So Ozzy was once neighbors with another very well-known singer. And for Ozzy's reality show, they used this singer's cover of the song Crazy Train as the intro. Who was this singer so he was ozzy's neighbor and he recorded a cover of crazy train for the osborne's reality television show that was like in the early 2000s right who was the singer i remember that show vaguely was it a tony bennett b pat boone c johnny mathis or D, I lied. It is none of these. None of these. So um, A, Tony Bennett, P, P, uh, B, Pat, B, Pat Boone, <laughs> C, Johnny B, Mathis, B, B. D, none of the above. Yes. I'm going Pat Boone because I know for a fact that he recorded a metal album. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. What, and what? I have that on CD back home. No so, kidding. No kidding. So you yes. did a little, maybe a little pre-research. What are um, what are some songs that's on? That's just what happens when you're raised by musical pack rats. You just learn that Pat Boone decided to record a metal album, even though his conservative friends were like, oh, gee, I don't know about that. <laughs> and, and, and you may consider <laughs> that it. you're like, well, maybe he did that because he lived next to Ozzy. That, what what do you remember any of the songs on that album? I can't remember right now. Were they um, covers? Were they originals? I think they're all covers. Mm-hmm. But I really we're probably I'll get into this later in the show, I'm sure. Um, but I really like like lounge music. Mm-hmm. Like very campy, like uh, just like lots of like organ and like uh 
you know, weird covers of like Led Zeppelin songs done in like a lounge elevator version. Mm-hmm. Like a little chill amuses version. Amuses me. <laughs> a little uh, little version you might yes. sip with a little bit of whiskey on exactly, ice. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of that vibe. I got it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm going Pat Boone. You're going Pat Boone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Ozzy was neighbors with another very well known singer. And that particular singer recorded a cover of Ozzy's Crazy Train, and it served as the intro for uh, the Osbournes reality television show. Who was the singer? A, Tony Bennett. B, Pat Boone. C, Johnny Mathis. D, none of the above. And the correct answer for one point, it's Pat Boone. You were correct. You were correct. It was absolutely... Mm -hmm. Uh, Pat Boone, so um, for your, uh, I guess, your pack rat family, mm-hmm. um, all of you, all the Lils get a point. <laughs> oh, good. All the Lils. <laughs> right. A point across the board for the Lils today. Oh, thank goodness for mm-hmm. all that random knowledge. And I, I actually had, and this this is a bummer. I will say this is a bummer. So uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz, um, just as you see it there, I had a bright purple ringer shirt mm. um with white sleeves and that was also my mom's and when i was growing up she gave it to me and i wore it and then i took one summer and cleaned out a room in the basement who knows that's another story for another day but i, I cleaned out a room in the basement and i used it as like an art studio mm-hmm. and in the art studio i had put the t-shirt on a giant ceramic pig and then I just forgot about it because I had moved out of the house. And then I was like, where's this stinking Aussie shirt? And then over time, I was like, I just, I guess I just don't have it. And then one time I went back into the, the house that I grew up in mm-hmm. where the art studio was. And I was like, it's on the pig. It's on the pig. It's on the pig. So I, I, I finally had it after all these years without it. And then I was wearing it. And then accidentally through a breakup, they took it. And then I don't have it. And it's like a $300 shirt, maybe even more. But it was taken by accident, admittedly. It was just in the laundry that was taken. Right. And I was like, wow, you know where I live. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anytime you can bring that back. A couple of those uh, items I'll never see again either. Yeah, just waiting on that. But it wasn't taken on purpose, but certainly could have been returned (laughs) at any point. I mean, even now. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, those are the things that you think about you're like it was on that pig for so long yeah and now it's just i had it and now it's gone that yeah it, that's just, ex- it just slips through your fingers like sand yeah yeah it's it's exactly what it is because it was just like you know what all those years i didn't know where it was it turns out it was actually safer than me <laughs> right, having yeah. it yeah and that's mental illness yes. so yeah so uh dj will hit me with your mm-hmm. first item so you got a point you're starting off hot you got a point uh, hot so far. We'll we'll see as the heat gets to my brain. I might mm-hmm. uh, melt a bit on my trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first piece today is the soundtrack for Ice Station Zebra. Mm-hmm. It's a movie from 1968. So this is an MGM motion picture soundtrack. Composed and conducted by Michel Legrand. Um, it's a gatefold. And yeah, there's some water damage on it. Um, really like this movie. It's like two and a half hours long. I uh, it's has just, seen the film itself, but it has been a while. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, 
probably that time in my life where I was like, well, let me read like presidential biographies and then got really into like, like the Dirty Dozen, Lee Marvin, like mm-hmm. old, like, like spaghetti westerns, um, just like a bunch of dudes are like really sweaty and like you can see the actual like grit and dirt on them. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to be that when I grow up because <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so it you know it's a dollar bin find. So yes, like I said, there's some water damage. Um, but when you open it up, you see some stills from the movie itself. My favorite tracks include "Under the Ice," which kind of gives you that feeling of like trapped. You're trapped. You're trapped. There's trapped. no, there's no escape. Trapped. Um, see, this movie is somewhere between like a James Bond's you know, spy thriller and the thing. That's because you start yeah. to it's like, yes, it's like Cold War era, so it's like, okay, us versus them, who's the real bad guy? Um, basically there's a Russian spy in their crew and they're not sure who it is. They're on a time frame. But then it also starts to feel like, you know, it's at the you're trapped on the ice, like there's nowhere else to go. So the environment itself becomes there is a an tiny, element of there's like a tiny Scooby Doo element to it, just a very mm-hmm. tiny Scooby Doo. Yeah, element. I, I yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up watching Scooby Doo, but I watched some of those new newer episodes this week. And like, as yeah. we know, as yeah, we recommend know, recommendation yeah, yeah. uh, Scooby Doo on Netflix. <laughs> right. Don't sleep on it. Mystery Incorporated from like <laughs> right. three four years watch ago. Watch a couple episodes. It's it's good. Yeah, it's good. Mystery Incorporated for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had this for a couple of years. Um, I need to watch this movie again. I just so need to, I. I need to go through like my whole like spy thing again. My, I feel like this year, my whole conspiracy brain has really clicked into gear. Well, it's about so, time. Yeah. <laughs> We've been waiting for <laughs> right. you. <laughs> I know. I've read, I've read all of the James Bond books. So I think I'm an expert at this point Yeah. <laughs> on, uh, men, men misleading men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah <laughs> about yeah. that because we're all dumb so it's like we can <laughs> <Right>. do it <laughs> like, i've done plenty of research in the field yeah yeah, um, yeah. i have been tricked several <laughs> times not you brother you're no. a sweet angel baby and you're yeah, just figuring out asleep. the world yeah, yeah i think he's finally yeah asleep. so this movie stars uh the four main stars i'd say include rock hudson it was like a classic like hollywood hunk um, but he hid his homosexuality and he was the first major public figure to announce he had AIDS. I never knew that. The yeah. second part. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. I never knew that he was the first 1985, one 1985, yeah. Wow. And he was in movies with like Doris Day. So, I mean, back in those days, they're like, oh, Doris, Day, like the most wholesome, mm-hmm. you know, oh, Rock Hudson, oh, Doris Day, wah, mm-hmm. wah, wah. Yeah. He's a pretty guy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kudos to him. Um, Jim Brown's also in it of NFL fame and acting fame. Yeah. Shout so, out Jim Brown for shout sure. Shout out Jim Brown. <laughs> also in the Dirty Dozen. Mm-hmm. Um, Ernest Borgnine, who's in so many movies. And... Uh, a good pick just for love Ernest Borgnine. It's a good pick for the film. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. I wish I hope that's my vibe when I'm an old man. 
yeah like Ernest Borgnine yeah. vibe yeah um I'll just settle with being like a man at some point right <laughs> like, that'd be great if and when I'm working on it right uh we'll see how it, everything unfolds mm-hmm. um but my favorite actor in this movie is Patrick Patrick McGowan um who's an Irish actor but I just found out that he was born in America hmm. but he's Irish huh that was my own little tidbit. Not a trivia question, yeah, but my little, own tidbit for me. Fun fact, actually born here. Little okay. tidbit. Um, and he's from one of my favorite old TV shows called The Prisoner. So again, like another spy related. I never a heard little of that. Mo- it's a little more obscure, I guess. He was on, you know, before that, some other spy shows. Um, but The Prisoner is basically, uh, he's a, he was a spy and it's very vague but he resigns. Okay. And basically when you're a spy and you want to retire, you know too much. There's really not a choice of retirement. Yeah. Per se. Um so he's basically he's drugged and he wakes up on the island. Ooh. And everybody is a number and they wear the same things and they all say the same things. That that feels that feels like very Twilight it's, Zone. Yeah, and it's um Referenced in a lot of other pop culture, like The Simpsons did a whole yeah. take on it. Yeah. So, yeah, Patrick McGowan is number six. Yeah, okay. And, okay. um... Yeah, if... Spends if, the whole time trying to figure out, uh... Yeah, I don't where know that I've heard I, of it. If, it, if it's I, popular, I would know. How do I know. escape? Mm-hmm. It's a little more under the radar, um... Very cool. Than, like, very James cool Bond stuff, but, like just very cool aesthetic and like certainly creepy of like uh i woke up and everyone's wearing the same thing who's in charge and how do i leave <laughs> so yeah we've all been yeah. there <laughs> yeah. um so i'd i'd recommend that if you're looking cool. for some quarantine yeah. viewing yeah that's what i said i don't i don't have i actually haven't heard of it so i don't know mm-hmm. if it's like yeah if it's a known thing so that's yeah, cool I'm, yeah i'll check I think that out i'll have to you know revisit that that show as well. Mm-hmm. So my trivia question is, which star of Ice Station Zebra voiced Mermaid Man on SpongeBob SquarePants? Oh, okay, 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 so, okay. Okay, yeah, I hear it. Okay. We have A, Ernest Borgnine, B, Patrick McGowan, C, Jim Brown, D, none of the above. And obviously, I didn't I did not include Rock Hudson? Yeah. Since he had passed he before passed mm-hmm. the creation of this show. Oh boy, it's absolutely either A or B. Um, I think it's A. Um, I have to think about it though, because I, I. But there's also Barnacle Boy, Mermaid mm-hmm. Man, and Barnacle Boy, and Barnacle Boy was voiced by um. Swear I knew this once upon a time. I don't know off the top of my head. Throwing in a curveball of cartoon trivia into our music episode. Oh, no, no. It's very (laughs) relevant, too. I was... I may be a tiny bit old to be absolutely into SpongeBob, Mm -hmm. but it definitely caught me. Like, I definitely watched all the first couple seasons of and it that's, yeah that's what you need to yeah i'd say that's what, i've seen the spongebob movie probably 11 times including twice on the so you're a fan <laughs> is what you're saying yeah um cool 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 twice on the big screen once at adult once at the 
dollar movie theater at the so mall when those still existed. Dollar theaters, huh? When we used to actually pay for movies? Yeah. So you're a big SpongeBob movie fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I mean, What I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to uh, visualize the credits. Ah, uh, yes. Because I've done that to you, I think, before, and it yeah. was correct. I'm trying to visualize the credits and see what I could read. Filter through the, the letters. And- yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like a person that like... I don't want to be like. And that show has like a a funky. He's like a really funky font on there. Yeah. Um. So, I'm gonna go ahead and just. I'm gonna go with my gut and Mm -hmm. say B. I'm gonna say B. Oh. I'm gonna go B. Oh, that doesn't sound good. That voice doesn't sound good. You should have gone B. You should have gone A. A. Yeah, I should have. You should have gone A. Well, the reason why I changed it the last second is because I thought A would have been a softball. So then I went B, and then it was a red herring. It was A. Mm -hmm. Because you talked about him. Right. Put him over big time. Right. Cool guy. An old man playing an old man on a cartoon. And it sounds like him. I think Ornus Borgnine lived to be like 95. Mm hmm. Yeah, there so, was like a when huge, he had, huge uh, catalog of of work. Yeah, so know? very accomplished. I remember when he passed, and yeah, that was the like uh, people like a uh, little younger than us. That's what they would know him by is like Mermaid Man. Right. So they were just like <laughs> Mermaid Man died. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. See, I knew that. It's just I just was thought that it was too like. I think okay. he also did voices for like All Dogs Go to Heaven, a bunch and of stuff. stuff like that too. Yeah. Yeah. As far as other cartoons and mm-hmm. in our, I guess our shared generation sure. of ages, sure. yeah. So, so, you, so you, unfortunately, you. So you're winning. So yes, you, I am. So you took an early league. I came out hot out of the gate, and I guess I I was not hot out of the gate as mm-hmm. you were. So you are uh, leading this. So I'm gonna get into my second. Uh, piece from the curated thrift hall and i had said um there was a couple records and one we'll be talking about on a later show i'm sure but um one of the records that i have felt like if i never heard it um obviously i i I maybe would have heard of other records from Mm -hmm. the band maybe they would have impacted me you know um, and they did like, but this was, uh, this was the first album I heard by this band. So that's why I continued along. And this was a, a thrift find. This was, um, if it's 2020, I bet you I got this in 2017, um, maybe 2018 at the latest, but uh, I picked this up against me reinventing Axl Rose. And uh, this was a record that when I first heard it, and I have some of my favorite records that the first time I heard it, it took me a few times to, to get through it. And then I'm like, oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. And then I continue to love yeah, it. Yeah, some albums, the first time you listen, eh, second yeah. time you're like, well, there's one or two tracks. And then the third or fourth time turns into the 700th time you've listened to it in a week. Right. And and so I have some of my favorite records are under that category. Mm-hmm. But this one I heard the first time and I knew it was for me. It was just something I just knew nice. was for me. And it helped shape me sort of, um, and I'm saying that positively, like uh, some of my uh, um, 
like my ethics, even my morals, like in what this band was singing about, I was like that I, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was just, again, one of those cheesy thing was just like, yeah. Like when I would hear the words to the song, I was like, okay, yeah, that's kind of how I've been feeling, but I'm just like a kid. So I don't Mm -hmm. know. Um, but against me, uh, uh, for listeners not familiar, they were, uh, well, they're still together to this day. Uh, American punk rock band uh, formed in 1997 in Gainesville, Florida by singer Laura Jane Grace. And after releasing three albums independently, uh, well, not independently, but on independent record labels against me, they then moved to Sire Records in 2007. And that was kind of a, a point, too, because they had released three records on, like, independent punk labels. And then their move to the mainstream was, like, in 2007. Mm-hmm. And then their their later work in recent years, their last two albums were, like, another a descent into a, a, a different form of uh, art. And so they sort of have, like, three separate eras. And uh, they all rock to me. Like, all of it rocks. Um, And then in 2011, the band landed their own record label, and that was uh, Total Trouble. And and in 2012, uh, Laura Jane Grace publicly came out as transgender. And all told, the band has seven full-length albums. And um, I saw this band countless times. Uh, and I, I was going to say, like, as I was, like, younger and, and everything like that, uh, the interesting thing about this is, like, yeah, I still go out and we talk about it, like, in, into concerts that I really appreciate and really enjoy. But that was one of those bands that they just, they would tour for years on end. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of stopped touring for years on end, so they didn't play uh, as, as many gigs, at least on the, uh, like, around here on the East Coast as much. I mean, they're still out there, but I'm saying when I would say I saw that band, I saw them, like, six or seven times. One of those bands where they start a tour, and by the end of the tour, they're already, they're on the next... Yes. On the next route, and then just on yes. the next route. Yeah. Yeah, and Laura Jane Grace did, uh, like, uh, a couple solo tours. Um, at the time, she was with her, her uh, wife, Heather Gable, and this was probably 2010-ish. And there was a small, maybe even before that, but somewhere around there, there was a small venue in the Pittsburgh area called Garfield Artworks. And um, it by 2010, Against Me was humongous. Mm-hmm. And she came back and performed like a semi-acoustic set it uh the venue was no bigger than my apartment wow um and the person i was dating at the time was a huge fan too and she was from texas so she came from texas to um stay with me and we went to this show and it was yeah i think it was really important to both of us because Mm -hmm. um i had um never seen against me um, perform in any fashion of that um, in, in the city, in my city. Mm-hmm. I'm saying in that in that small of a venue, right? Now very, a very intimate yeah. space. And and Garfield Artworks was a venue that I kind of grew up around, so it was like cool to me because I was like, whoa! So like mm-hmm. I see one of my favorite bands in it. Um, but uh, there was also like this thing that I would go to against me shows, and um, track one on this album is called Pints of Guinness uh, Make You Strong, and that was like. Yeah, that's like that era of Against Me. That was like their big tune and stuff like that. I don't know if it was because of that. 
But I would go to shows, and I'm usually near the front because I just uh, – number one, it's more fun for me. Number two, mm-hmm. terrible ADHD. <laughs> so if I'm like 30 feet away or more, I'm just not connected. Right. I'm just not connected with it. Because um, you can start noticing other things in the crowd. Yeah. You're like, oh, what's that over there? What's that? What yeah. are they doing? And, it's and like I'm, I'm there for the show, so let me – yeah. Let me just get up to the front, lose my hearing for the next few days. Sure, yeah. And I've never been a person, admittedly, that would go to shows to like socialize. Most of the shows I go to are alone mm-hmm. to this day. I just go to, to check out the bands and stuff like that. Um, but I'm also like, uh, yeah, in the front, obviously, there's more like pushing and shoving and stuff like that. And, um, the reason why I prefer it is not actually because like, I love that, like, I love that, but it's because it also helps me concentrate because I'm moving around. Mm. So like I'm moving around to the music and like, even when I'm further back, I have to like do something just like continuous energy. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) I have to keep myself in the game, Uh but, um, pints of Guinness make you strong. I would be up front and as soon as against me would start playing, I would get beer thrown on me mm-hmm. like as soon as their first chord would hit there'd be a beer that would just fly mm-hmm. and there was like three straight against me shows that their first chord of the first song there i was covered in beer three straight against right. me shows <laughs> um so it was uh yeah but um not that i'm like old old but i'm i'm getting to the point i would like to say that i'm like forgetting some of my old memories and, um, yeah, so I was, I was, uh, taking a look. Yeah. I was listening to the album to do a little research too. And I, that was something that I remembered. I was like, I forgot that like every time that this band I was would... drenched in, uh, mysterious strangers. Yeah. And I've had beer. like, <laughs> yeah. And I've had like several different haircuts, but like my hair is curly. And once you get like beer hair and curly hair, mm-hmm. that's like it for hair for the day. Like, so it would just be, but I mean, I had a kick-ass time and it was oh, fun, yeah. but I would just have beer head, um, for pretty much the rest of the, the <laughs> Did gig. Did it moisturize? I feel like it's one of those, one of those secrets of like, uh, use mayonnaise as a conditioner on your hair, mm-hmm. use like egg, use beer in the shower at, to shampoo your hair. Well, I think that's probably a possibility. Maybe they were helping you. Yeah, they could have been helping me, but it was like it's a punk show and yeah. we're all sweaty. Oh yeah, no. and so it's like beer with sweat, yeah. like, uh. like it was yeah, uh, and um, and I'm mess. I'm not like a sweaty person really, and so like it would just be other people's sweat and other people's mm. beer. So Ooh. if it was just me, I'd be like, I bet, like, I bet I I'd, I'd be able to go to like denny's at the end of this show because it was just me. But like end of those shows, I'm like I'm, I'm I stink and it's not even me. Um, but, uh, reinventing Axl Rose, uh, was their first full length. It was recorded, uh, excuse me, released in March, uh, of 2002. And, uh, Grace had stated, uh, she stated that the album name was a kill your idols proclamation. And it, uh, there's 79 versions of the album. And the, uh, the, the record that I have in front of me is mint green, Mm-hmm. And Discogs has told me that this is either the third pressing or the ninth pressing <laughs> of this album. Some kind of multiple of three. Yes. Yeah, so that, that green is a very nice green color. I saw a little peek of it. Yeah, here, I'll, 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 I'll test, I'll 
bring it out for you and it's still in great oh. shape so it's like a pretty oh yeah that's really nice it's a pretty mint green and it was one that i was pretty happy about getting so it's either the third or the ninth version mm-hmm. but i got i got uh, my second uh thrifty trivia trivia question okay it's in relation to not against me but of axel rose himself oh loophole loophole reinventing axel rose the album title um but uh, supposedly supposedly when axel rose was given a copy of the album what did he do with it so they Somebody gave him a copy of Against Me is Reinventing Axl Rose. What did he do with it? A, played it during band practice and took influences from it that helped him write Chinese Democracy. B, gave it to his tour manager's kid because he felt that it was a juvenile music. C, smashed it and made voodoo dolls of the band members. D, I made all of these up. D, none of the above. So the choices are Axl Rose. What did he do with it? Played it during band practice and took influences from it that helped him write Chinese Democracy. Gave it to his tour manager's kid because he felt that it was juvenile music. Or C, smashed it and made voodoo dolls of the band members. Or the big D, none of the above. What are your thoughts? I'm going big D. Big D. That he mailed it to Pat Boone to ah. ask him to do a cover of it. You're going D. So Axl mm-hmm. Rose himself. Are you a fan of Axl Rose's music? Mm. Guns and Roses. Axl Rose. Not huh. as much. I guess I'm more of a... In that era, um, I enjoy Motley Crue videos. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a friend, Jimmy, who that's one of our pastimes is watching motley crew videos shout out <laughs> jimmy uh jimmy aka jimmy starlight uh who gave me the nickname lil threats lil threats your instagram so, tag yeah so uh pretty cool yeah i'm going pat boone yeah i'm going pat boone, 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 boone. okay so you're going pat boone so just my my own made up d so you're going pat boone so it's your own d mm-hmm. that you have made up um well, I'll tell you this. So Axl Rose was given a copy of the album. Um, a, did he play it during band practice and took influences from it for Chinese democracy? Again, B, is gave it to his tour manager's kid because he felt it was juvenile. C, smashed it and made voodoo dolls of the band members. D, none of the above. You said D, the correct answer. Against Me is reinventing Axl Rose was smashed. Whoa. So it was C. And then Axl Rose made voodoo dolls of the band members, which he tortured. How about that? Did he that? make the dolls out of the pieces? I don't, I, that's all the questions. That's all the questions. When somebody uh, does that, I don't ask many questions. Wow. So that's what he supposedly did when he heard this record. And like, yeah. So that's like a, you know, modern 12 inch, mm-hmm. which yes, smashable not mm-hmm. as smashable as like old 78s they're made from a different material mm-hmm. which just like a shatter, shatter. Yeah. they just shatter and um side note on 78s most of them are just shatterable honestly there's so much of like bing crosby out there getting moldy in your grandma's attic and that just... it's fun to smash those but please don't smash the ones that are actually rare 
Yeah. Because that was an interesting time of music yeah. production. And they were also, they were like heavier. They were like, yeah. we- they were like weighted. If you had like, like a stack. If it just slipped out of your hand, it just, yeah. yeah. Like if you had a stack of 78s and they slipped out of your hand, you're liable to cut off a toe. Yeah. There yeah. they go. So um, it wasn't Pat So yeah, Boone. that's, you need, you know, yeah, you can still obviously break a modern vinyl yeah. record. It just takes slightly more than, mm. so yeah, he really wanted to. But it's not as fun. No. It's not as fun. So, um, but you do still have a point. Come I don't on. I don't have a point. And I'm going to need a point mm-hmm. if I'm going to have a, a shot in Act 3 later on. So, um, yeah, hit hit me with your well, second. Yeah, we'll slide into. Yeah, your second uh, piece from your curated thrift haul. We're going to slide into the past slightly, mm-hmm. switching gears from my love of gritty 60s era spy thrillers to 1955 Mm. we're looking at mambo for cats and again as a gatefold but this time it's um with two seven inch albums yeah i was taking a look at that before we were uh recording and i noticed that the cats on the front had a mustache and that's kind of your vibe you like the mustache the mustache vibe um we have on the cover here super colorful there's three cats um one is very talented, playing uh, three drums, and possibly the instrument of the one who is laying down. Yes. Now so that I look at it a little bit more. That's a little talented cat yes. there. The laying down cat is my favorite. I'm not sure what instrument he's playing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but he's, I mean, it's something. Uh, could be a, some kind of trombone, or he's kissing a bird head. Could be. Could, or he has like a really long bowl of marijuana. <laughs> it could be. So this is like kissing a and bird he's head, been, marijuana. He's references. having a little breakdown here. Yeah. All his cat friends soothe him mm-hmm. with some chill tunes. Yeah. Other cat, the tallest cat. The tallest of cat, all. the tallest eyes. Tallest eyes. <laughs> Lumpy tail. Sure. And, uh,. Yeah, he's playing a little drum as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we open it up, and in inside, there's just like a whole like written out thing of like it's all very like oh these hipsters and just very like mm-hmm. 1950s jazz, just very cool. A little jazz, just cats. very cool. Yeah, it's little jazz cats. Um, so it's you know various mu- musicians featured on this. Just I really like I honestly I got it for the cover. And I, you and you came back for the music. <laughs> and I came back for the music, yeah. Um, like I said, I love like you know lounge music and all that, and this is definitely something I would play, like having like a little backyard like cocktail party. Maybe a backyard fun zone or something. Perhaps like a that. backyard fun zone yeah. soundtrack mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. that kind yeah, of yeah. Listen next week for right. some of that. Mm-hmm. Um. And I feel like with most lounge music, it's the kind of thing you're putting on because you're going to chill or it's like you have somebody over and you're going to turn the lights out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I was thinking since this is, you know, two separate seven inches, this, you know, this music's a little more like you want to dance to it and you're moving around. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm going to go get another drink, flip the record while I'm over there, go to talk, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to go talk to brother in yeah, the corner over brother there. Brother the cat, yeah. Brother the cat. All the cats are here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Um, Mambo gained popularity through band leaders, including Perez Prado, who is featured on this album. And uh, my favorite tracks on this would be Love for Sale or Lullaby of Birdlands. Lullaby of Birdlands? Yeah. Can't say I'm familiar with that, but that no, seems pretty we, cool. We can uh, take a listen during the break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Soothe the birds. Mm-hmm. Um, I, used to have, I used to have a pet bird. And uh-huh. uh, well, I had two pet birds, and birds are actually low key my favorite animal, which doesn't make any sense, um, none at yeah, all. Yeah, no, that doesn't. Um, and I, I, I understand that opinion um, because <laughs> I don't know either. Because like, what kind I, of birds were they? I had well, I had three birds in my life. Um, my first bird was named Vinnie Barbarino, mm. um, from uh, uh, was named after John Travolta on Welcome Back, Cotter. Um, and that was a cockatiel. Um, very cool bird. Love that bird to death. Um, when he passed away, it sucked because we were on our way to a funeral. And I was checked I checked on the bird and the <gasps> bird died. Oh, no. And I was like, this sucks. Huh? This is terrible. Um, and then my second two birds, um, I got um, two little finches. Oh, and I named them after uh, a band, Future of the Left. Uh, there's a lyric in one of their songs that references a, a Reginald J. Trotsfield and uh, the Lieutenant, the Fearsome Brown. So I named them Trotsfield and Brown. Hmm. Trotsfield died in like three days, maybe less. Ooh. I have no idea what the situation was, but like I remember, like Brown was like out, like out, and he was just like, "Better check in the nest. It's not great Something up there." Something's going wrong. And I felt bad because they were like a pair. Oh. They were like a pair, and I was like, "Well, this finch is just gonna be miserable," and straight up wasn't. And I had Brown for probably five years. Oh, nice. Six years. Yeah. It, like, I thought for sure if I got one bird, I got two birds, and one of them died like instantly. That. Mm-hmm. It would be like a, a carnival goldfish, but Brown right. stayed around for a while. Nice. Mm-hmm. Had a had a nice, nice, healthy life, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I had that experience with fish as a kid. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, we got a 10-cent feeder goldfish from a family friend. We're like, well, we have fish. Let's go get him some friends. So, you know, spent a little money on the friends. Mm-hmm. Introduced them to Mr. Fish. Uh, my mom called him Cosmos. Cosmos. Uh, my confirmation name. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So introduce them to the new surroundings, and I think we got three friends for him. Um. One of them died within a day. Uh, like the next day. <laughs> Not a good look. So we're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, one made it through part of that year and then the other one we named him bowie because he had two different colored eyes cool he stuck around um mr fish 10 cent feeder goldfish second uh, second hand item second hand item mr fish outlasted lasted all of them good good for him he's buried in our backyard respect yeah respect so when i go visit and go sprinkle some fish flakes. A secondhand fish <laughs> lived yeah. longer than the others. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a trivia question for you yes, about these I'm, cool cats. I'm going to need this point. It's a big point for me. Big point. 
drum roll, everyone. Mm-hmm. So the album artwork was done by Jim Flora. And he wrote and illustrated children's books as well as numerous album covers. Okay. So lots of other jazz, um, some classical, mm-hmm. um, all in this style. Mm-hmm. Which of the following is one of the books that he wrote? Okay. 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 So we have A, Wombat for Christmas. <laughs> cool. <laughs> B, the day the cow sneezed. The day the cow sneezed. C, Rotten Rhonda. Wow. Or D, none of the above. When, so Jim Flora. Uh huh. He's got a very specific art style. We'll definitely, you know, mm-hmm. show some pictures of these. Yeah, for sure. With there. the album art. Yeah, with or, the art. With the with cover the artwork. Art. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he wrote children's books as well as designing album covers. Okay, okay. So it's A, Wombat for Christmas, B, The Day the Cow Sneezed, C, Rotten Rhonda, or D, None of the Above. When you first said uh, Wombat for Christmas, Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to throw me like stork for new year's like (laughs) turtle for fourth of july oh yeah uh like the sock of the month club but for animals yeah 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 that type of thing um uh secondhand fish for flag day perhaps could be could be a good uh could be a good episode title Mm Secondhand fish for Flag Day. Well, that's not one of the options. But if it was one of the options, it would could be. Could be if it's D, none it, of the above. Yeah, it would be Maybe D. I just didn't. All right. Um, I might have an illegal question. Okay. But it also may be looked at as not illegal. Um, I are, don't now, are know. these brother's laws or are these? Um, this, is, <laughs> this is just uh, this is the old, old. Uh, right old-timey uh shake of the hand yeah um laws the three titles mentioned Mm -hmm. are they all real somethings Mm, doesn't seem one of them is a hundred percent real that i can confirm sure one of them is (laughs) 50 (laughs) i'm sure one of them is real i'm one of them yeah, one of the answers is the correct one. So thank you, thank you for that great information. You're welcome. Thank you for that great See, information. I, I like to make you work for it. Yeah, um, you sure do. I'm one, catching on though. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. One of the answers, fifty percent real. Cool. One of the answers, a hundred percent made up, mm-hmm. to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, to my knowledge, at one thirty a.m. Okay. Um <laughs> True Lily Hours. Yes. One thirty AM. Um I don't mind being lied to. At least someone is saying something to me. So I don't mind that. Um <laughs> I don't mind that at all. Um I'm gonna go it's just I this is a guess because it's just a straight up guess because um I don't know any of their work. Mm-hmm. But well, uh, I didn't know anything about Axl Rose. No, so. no. Um, but I see there, like I see mm-hmm. that. I like so, like, what would be 
yeah, what would be a counterpart to <laughs> right. that? A counterpart to those three <laughs> to this cats, aesthetic, yes. To this aesthetic, mambo for cats when there's a green and orange cats, like just with mustaches hanging out, probably uh-huh. smoking a joint. I bet a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with go with a wombat for Christmas. Wombat, wombat for Christmas. For Christmas. Now, what's interesting? Mm-hmm. Jim Flora had a book called Kangaroo for Christmas. Oh, this is a 50-50 one, huh? <laughs> yes. Kangaroo for Christmas. Yeah, a kangaroo for Christmas. Um, the correct answer is B, The Day the Cow Sneezed. It was his second book and uh, came out in 1957. The so just a couple years sneezed. after this item we're looking at. See, the Day the Cow Sneezed. That's That's a bummer. I kind of want to check out the day the cow sneezed <laughs> Me too. because I'm interested in what that day looked like, <laughs> you know, what that whole situation was, especially if there's a whole book. Is it going to be like a lady who swallowed the fly scenario? Yeah. Or it's a one thing after the other after the other. Yeah. So, that, so that's some terrible news for so me. So you've got, I'm um, going to write this down. What's the, I'm writing down a big zero. zero. Uh, so a All big nothing. Right. So a big nothing. Um, Mark that in the book. And I've been doing pretty well. And but I've, 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 I've gone back to my bad boy ways. So you got a point. I don't got a point. So hopefully an act three. You never three, know what happens in act three. I could tie you. I wouldn't mind tying. I could show mercy. You could show mercy and you have. For a price. <laughs> for a price. You have showed mercy before. So I'm in at le- I'm, I'm, I could tie you at the mm-hmm. very best. And I don't mind tying. I don't mind ties. Yeah. There's a lot of disagreements in folks that like um tying they say is like you know kissing your sister a tie well a tie a tie to me is like thai noodle soup i'm fine with it <laughs> i'm fine with it i prefer the lunch portion because it's cheaper <laughs> like it's okay to lie to me it's so fine to do it like very good um so that would that would uh, wrap up something you've never seen before and uh, in Act 3, we're going to be live um, for uh, Vintage versus Modern to uh, uh, see, who, so see who wins. But we got a couple things in the way before we do that. And we're going to hop on over to Listener Finds. Listener Finds. So uh, how you can be a part of this if you're listening and want us to talk about your second-hand find on the show um, at Thrifty Podcast on Instagram, um, we do have open spots in our Discord. And in our Discord, there is a channel where a lot of happy and friendly folks just mm-hmm. share their thrift finds. And so you can be a part of that by joining the Discord. But this is from uh, user uh, Nevin. Uh, and they brought to the table, quote, unquote, muscle pants um so these muscle pants that were introduced were uh a if if you're familiar with the the zubas pattern which is just a just a a, a, these are black and blue with the zubas pattern so they're very loud Mm -hmm. um and like it's uh i don't know if this is an uh appropriate way to describe it but an old computer printer trying to print out a zebra pattern that's actually very good and i can hear the sound of it really working 
Yeah. That's a very good That's how I describe it. Zubo's pattern. Yeah. Those pants, the pants are exquisite. Yeah. Um, on, on the, uh, on the waist of the pants, it says, uh, has a, a person, uh, lifting, lifting a weights and mm-hmm. it says heavily armed. So they're in fact weightlifting pants and they said that they got them to wear around the house and on behalf of the pandemic, they've been getting to wear them around. A lot of use. A lot of times. Did you look super comfortable? Yes. And I know at least in athletic gear. Zubaz is a very popular vintage pattern, and um, the Brick Body Kids shop um, sold at, at least two Zubaz patterns things in the history of the shop. But these pants look super cool, um, super comfortable, mm-hmm. I would have to assume. Um, but that was our uh, listener finds for today, and thank you, Nevin. And um, for, again, as I mentioned before, if you would like to have us talk about your thrift item, hop on the Discord. Yeah, share some pictures, share a little story. Um, can be a, you know, a dollar record you found. It can be a, a jam jar you found in a free box on the side of the road. And it, Anything it, and everything is exciting right now yeah (laughs) yeah for because we're we're just starting to go outside again Mm -hmm. so anything you have gotta probably want to see it yeah um because i am as listeners would know is i am a chronic goodwill outlet shopper but since the pandemic hit obviously those shut down those those have since reopened yes and i'm not trying to go back to the goodwill outlets yet and that sucks because i love the goodwill outlets but mm-hmm. um, for things you love, it's fine to wait. So I will be waiting until the coast is clear. And so I think I'm hoping like maybe July. It was like the, by the end of this month, I might feel comfortable enough. Yeah, probably. So, so um, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to hop into Act 2. And this is where DJ Lil gets to be a DJ. What are we going to be listening to, DJ Lil? going to choose a couple tracks today. I'm just going to have to wait and find out. Stay tuned. Thrifty Podcast. Welcome to the Freestyle Acts. My name is DJ Lil, and I've got two tracks for you today. First one is from Brights. The track is called An End Again. If from Seattle, you can check them out at brights.bandcamp.com or on Instagram at brightsbands. Also on YouTube and Spotify. Eclectic band formed in the suburbs of Flint, Michigan in 2009. They're currently based out of Seattle and they draw inspiration from multiple genres everyday life, and the accidents, glitches, and mistakes that make the human experience more interesting. During the month of June, all proceeds from their merch and music will go to the Northwest Community Bail Fund and the Michigan Solidarity Bail Fund. Follow the link on their Instagram bio for more information. The second track today is from ZZ Baba with Got To Go off Carnal Crisis from Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Michigan, 
Check them out at ZZVAVA, that's Z-Z-V-A-V-A dot bandcamp.com or on Instagram at ZZVAVA. They're a four-headed song machine that slides from rock and roll to psych to punk. And their members play different instruments, which bring personality and change the sound to each different set. I hope you enjoy.
from break back to our show and it's been an exciting episode dj mm-hmm. Lil. we talked about some of our uh favorite secondhand records talked about some concerts talked about some pat boone a lot of pat boone in this episode yeah you had wanted two out of two questions to be a pat boone answer <laughs> yeah. and you only got one you only got it's one okay. more than i expected of my day well you are winning and right now the standings are i believe that i am three and one i believe i'm three and one in the standings would it would it be correct to say that you are looking for your first win? Have you won since the standings were a part of this? I don't believe I so. I had one win. Oh, you did? I had one win. See, I try to write. A, I I try to forget about everybody else's wins because I'm trying oh, to. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I have no points. Um. You have one point. One point. So at best here, I can tie you. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, something you could also do is that the last, last week on the show, I attempted to, um, cause I got both questions right in act one. So I got two points. So I wagered two points on one question, which gave me a four point total, which is as a highest point possible. So you could try to get, um, more points here and see That's if you what I'm get debating two, or get two points or maybe hopefully hopefully for you i get a question wrong this question wrong and then you win anyway so if you get it wrong and i get it wrong you win Mm. if you get it wrong and i get it right we tie but if you wager the one point for this and get it correct there's no possible way i could win true no possible way Hmm, how generous am I feeling today? I mean, or do you want the points? Yeah, I mean, it's it could be you could look at it as how generous do you want want to be to me, or how many points to the the fans of Lil out there, to the DJ Lil heads out there, my contingent out there, the Lil heads out there. Um, but it um, looks pretty good regardless. You know, I'm just gonna keep my one point. Cool and. I don't you mind. know, bet low, win high. I don't mind tying you. I don't mind tying you. I wouldn't be surprised if you just went zero, zero, zero today. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to find out because we're going to hop into our last segment, Vintage versus Modern. Vintage versus Modern. Now, to new listeners of the show, Vintage versus Modern... We take an item from our curated thrift haul, and whether that item be new or vintage, we find its opposing counterpart, and we compare the two together and see which one has more value, and then we ask the other co-host, Vintage versus Modern, which has a higher value. So uh, I'll, I'll start out. So if you get this question right, my point is just for show. I lost. Mm-hmm. If you get it wrong, I have the opportunity to tie you. So um, what we're looking at here is um, this goes back to the first item that I introduced to the show was the uh, 1981 pressing of Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz. 
So the vintage used today is the 1981 pressing of Blizzard of Oz by Ozzy Osbourne. Versus, and this comes with a caveat I will mention a little later, but it has it has no it has no uh, it has nothing to do with the points. A remastered version of Blizzard of Oz. So the original pressing versus a remastering. But here's the interesting tidbit about the remastering. The remastering had a lot of new recordings because as this record was being uh, remastered, um, the original band members, most of them aside from Ozzy, at the time they were in a spat. Mm -hmm. So he had new working musicians come in to record their old parts. Interesting. And it also featured uh, another vocalist that did additional backtracks. So this remaster was not only a remastered one, but it also was just sort of a different version. And I will say before mm-hmm. I get into any of this that Ozzy and those bandmates did eventually make up. And um, they, they, I believe they at some point did a remaster of the remaster with them. So this was just a spat and it came to remastering mm-hmm. time and he just wasn't in communication. So he was like, forget it. Yeah. But it's fine. They're cool now. So we're looking at the 1981 pressing of Blizzard of Oz versus the 2002, which I know is still old, but it's new. Mm -hmm. um, The 2002 remaster of Blizzard of Oz. And those are the context. Vintage versus modern. Is the remastered also vinyl? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, Both vinyl records. Yep. Is the vintage, is that the first, is your listing, is that a first pressing like um this is it's one of the first it's one of the first it's like pressings like two through four okay something like that so i don't know exactly the pressing but it is one of the originals yeah okay got it hmm are there multiple you know albums no for the new one no and nor this one right nor this one no gatefolds happening no no gatefolds and i mean you could do whatever you'd like with this you could turn to, it upside oh, down so special so you're going to 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 see which looking one. into ozzy's eyes maybe he'll tell me the answer yeah hmm. it's well i will say this i'll be honest about this neither uh it's either vintage versus modern and it's not pat boone are you sure <laughs> yes there is not a uh, vintage sure? <laughs> versus modern versus pat boone There's maybe not. in a couple episodes <laughs> that could be a lot of fun it's either vintage modern mm-hmm. or is it a pat boone song pat boone in leather is yeah. my next feature mm-hmm. um loving the fringe look on this back of this cover yeah i'm gonna go vintage vintage okay and i'm gonna say vintage for you mean like, pricing wise for like price the, yeah. point yeah mm. Maybe like seventeen fifty. Cool, cool. Modern, like fifteen. So like maybe a two buck difference, something yeah. like that. Okay, so thank um, you. Vintage, you went vintage just because yeah. you think the original would be more of a get, more of a right. Since the remaster has those extra layers, mm-hmm. which Aussie fans may or may not. But does be that make it about. more rare? Could it be a possibility true but i don't know how many of those lasted because all the bat head and right all the bat stuff going on <laughs> so um 
if you do get this correct, you do win. And if you don't get it correct, I have a chance to tie you. Okay. So vintage versus modern. The 1980, and we're going to start with the vintage. The 1981 pressing of Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz that I have. $24.99. Ooh. So it's a little higher than your price point. But do you feel like that you're still confident? I'm still confident. In vintage. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for the game, uh, the 2002 remastering of Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz, $20.99. You win. Yes. You win. So it Um, was vintage. It was like a couple dollars difference. So yeah, $4 difference. Yeah. So that's not, or, uh, yeah, I'm five I was in the, difference. you know, within the range. So you said, yeah, you were in the 17s ish, nice. 17 to 15, and this is 24.99 to 20.99. So you did it. Mm-hmm. You win. Yes. Vintage versus modern. So this last question that you're going to be delivering to me is just for fun. Just for kicks. It's just for fun. I lost. So you get, you get <laughs> another victory. I lose. I lose. Awesome. So oh, you, well, I mean, the vict- my victory. Yes. So you, you could have fun asking me these questions because it does not matter. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go back to Ice Station Zebra soundtrack. Um, the vintage is the exact same, you know, vinyl we're looking at right now in a similar condition. So it's 1968. Sure, sure. Or modern... Yeah, a little bit of a loophole. Looking at a cassette version from 1986. Okay. Okay. So original. Mm-hmm. The original, you know, gatefold vinyl, mm-hmm. 1968. And the... Kind like passable condition. Definitely playable, but... Yeah. Playable. It's not sealed. Mm-hmm. It definitely has some scuffs. And then versus the modern, which is a... Uh, cassette from 1986. Ice Station Zebra hmm. motion picture soundtrack. So both very vintage, but one is absolutely newer. So that's the the, the modern version. Um, so that '86 was the year before I was born. Um, also, like a cassette is smaller, so maybe yeah. it, you know, deciding factor for me was. Wow, look at all these pictures inside. Because as you mentioned with the Blizzard of Oz, with the remaster, mm-hmm. you were like, is it a uh, any type of trifold or any yeah. type of album any art? Extras. Any extras. Any mm-hmm. extras. Or a cassette. It's like, yeah, you can have a little booklet in there, but you need a microscope. Mm-hmm. You need like all these extra things yeah. to be able to look at it for those of us with glasses. Yeah, which is so. at least two out of two of us. Um I remember when DVDs first came out and like the thing was like the extras were like what you you would watch. Bonus features. The bonus features. I, uh, not as much as I used to, but I usually like to watch something as face value and I don't want to know the behind the scenes stuff. Mm. I just, I just want to like enjoy it or not enjoy it. And then I'm saying if I enjoy it enough, let's look into that. But I was never a person that was just like, I need to peek more. Right. I'm just like not interested. Listen to all four com- uh, commentaries. Yeah. 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 The commentaries are <laughs> some, like, it has to be like something I really like. Mm-hmm. I you could know? live multiple lifetimes and still never listen to every commentary track on probably all the DVDs I own. Right. 
right? And I um, something that I have done and I have appreciated is there was a while where Stone Cold Steve Austin was doing commentary on his old matches. And when I say commentary, I don't, I don't mean he was calling the match. Mm-hmm. He was just like, okay, this part, this happened. This part, oh, that interesting. happened. And that was kind of fun That's because Austin like loves the psychology of wrestling. And uh, it was like against like a match against like Bret Hart. And it, it's still one of my favorite commentary things because he's just, when it comes to that type of thing, mm-hmm. in my opinion, there's just no one better. There's just no one better. Um, but back on the subject, I'm looking at my paper like I have the answer. I lost. <laughs> you sure you don't have the answer? <laughs> um, see, cassettes are usually, they usually can get pricey, but it's also True. not like the original. I mean, it's the original cassette, but it's not the original thing. I'd say cassettes, while both items are certainly meltable, especially yeah. on a day like today, um, cassettes are easier to throw in the car you know, thrown in the Walkman, mm-hmm. get thrown shuffled, in the convertible, thrown in the trash. Yeah. Um. So perhaps they're more. Yeah. Perhaps they're more rare. Yes. So I'm gonna go for the. I'm gonna go sixteen dollars for the vintage. Okay. And, and I'm going to go twenty dollars for the modern, meaning that I will go in vintage versus modern for one point. I will go. Modern, the cassette from 1986. You're right. Yay! So you, I got a point. You did get a point. Um, I got a point. I didn't win. But no. Yeah. And the price points were much lower, actually. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. So we have the vintage went for like six Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of these albums floating around sure. out there. Yeah. Um. Cassette went for just seven fifty-eight. Okay. So under okay. two bucks difference. Yeah, there's some cassettes but, that just don't go up in price, and mm-hmm. then some that just do. Yeah. Like, I know um, some cassettes that I found in the same hall at a Goodwill outlet. Like some, they're all dated pretty much the same time. Some of them were in that. I'm looking at my some of my cassettes that are out right anyway, over there on the wall. Yeah, and they were all dated from the same time, but some of them were worth like nothing, and other ones were worth like like twenty five, twenty eight dollars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's good that you got that one right in and for you because mm-hmm. uh, for all so now we're at two to two to one today. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. So you so you win the two to one this week's episode. So for all the uh, DJ Lil fans out there who mm-hmm. started you in their fantasy lineup, you were correct, and I lost. I'm back. I'm back in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, as usual. It's always great to have you on the show. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk with you about music. And we're hoping after this pandemic, it at least slows down. Um, we might be going out to some shows together. Mm-hmm. So that could be a, a fun opportunity there. Um, so next week, you'll be on the show again. So I will. I could get Whether the, you like it or not. Yes. Whether you like whether I like back. it or not, you're here at my house. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it will be my opportunity to get get my win back. So mm-hmm. at least on on uh, your run here, I could I could we could go one to one total. Um, but I want to take the time to give a shout out to our sponsors. First and foremost, Commonwealth Press, CWPress.com. Right now, order fifty T-shirts, get twelve T-shirts for free. At cwpress.com, use promo code thrifty or thrifty podcast. And speaking of our friends at Commonwealth Press, 
the new thrifty stickers are in and i've been putting some up at least locally yes dj lil has and some other folks in the thrifty universe have been putting them up locally i've shipped some out to some listeners from different states so if you are listening and you would like just a stack of thrifty stickers you don't even and nothing you don't have to do anything for them all you have to be is like i want some thrifty stickers Mm -hmm. yeah i just send me them um the old ones uh the first pressings if you will were uh, a thrifty podcast with the roach on like a greenish blackish background with some fuzz these ones are on a purplish background Mm -hmm. so the black roach that's on top of the purple kind of pops a little more yeah i like it Mm -hmm. um so those were done by commonwealth press as well also, Steve Bears of Bluffs, bluffs.bandcamp.com, the theme to our show for many reasons, alternate reality, and you've also heard something you've never seen before. Um, Steve is a good pal, and that's why Steve has two tracks on Thrifty, bluffs.bandcamp.com. Next week, another big episode. Mm-hmm. We're busting out some magazines. We're busting out some newspapers. Sit down in your favorite reading chair for this one. <laughs> and yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool. And I will say, me myself, I mean, I will be. I'll I'll find out what Lil has on the mm-hmm. next episode. But I will say to all the the toddy heads out there, none of these papers have my papers have to do with September 11th, and that's rare. Big news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because all the newspapers on the show that I usually bring on have something to do about that. Um, but these are going to be pretty cool, and some, uh, there's one, uh, def- there's a definite tragedy, e- I will say, um, and it was also a tragedy this week, because I lost the episode, but I had fun, mm-hmm. made friends, it's always, it's always a fun time, and for everybody else, get ready.